Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One steal. One Superboy. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Norman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 222. Slammin'. 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 Time to earn some merit badges. Is that, is that how Superboy sounds? Yeah, man. Don't call me a boy. Yeah, man. He looks like the superhero version of um, Reggie from Archie. <laughs> he really does. I actually really enjoy Superboy. That's what we were saying, that somehow Superboy was so shitty and dorky that he got he went all the way back around the dial. Now he's cool again. So cool again, yeah. I think he also has the... Uh, like the Nightwing sexy to women yep. has thing going, which I which think is, is also fine, par- fine. part of it. Yeah, I think that's that's fine for me. I think um, would, I would like women enjoying comics. Mm-hmm. Even though his personality fun. is yeah something. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it, I'm sure. Yes, we are discussing the death and return of Superman, including and all the things in between. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it is literally, it seemed like I, there are what, 25 people who worked on those comics, probably. Well, there's a if zillion more, comics in there. I there mean, are, it, it's, it's four trades, but it's probably enough content for seven. Uh, yeah, it's written by a bunch of people mm-hmm. uh, and drawn by a bunch of people, but we'll talk about that later on. Uh, before mm-hmm. we get there though, we have comic books. It turns out, Eric, I don't know if you know this. I, do I know it? I think you might know it. Comic books keep coming out every week. What? I know. And it, this, this segment is for that explicit purpose. This is time for our first segment. It's time for Floppies Fortnightly. Floppies Fortnightly is where Eric and I will talk about some books. Review them, tell you to buy or do not buy them from the past couple of weeks. There is a mush meter. It goes from one to five. If we're feeling mushy, if we're feeling mushy about our feelings... Our first book this week is cover number one. I just had the credits and then uh, the, the page moves for some reason. Created by Brian Michael Bendis and David Mack with digital coloring by Zoo Orzu. Letters, Carlos Mangual, design Curtis King Jr. Part of Jinx World, Bendis's own little imprint for DC that he got in his his move. His negotiations. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll join, but I need to be able to print out all my own little non-superhero comics. I want my own place for him. And this is apparently comic ID he's had for a very long time. Um, it is a comic book creator. It is a it is a book about David Mack being hustled by, by a, a CIA operative. Yeah. And here, Eric, I'm going to break something down for you that is probably not surprising to you. The mm-hmm. solicitation for this comic book has way more plot than this comic book does. 
injure myself laughing. Let me see if I can pull it up for it. Uh, oh, turns out naming your comic book cover mm-hmm. makes it incredibly difficult to find among other comic Not, books. Yeah, you don't you don't get great SEO for that because comic book cover already kind of was a thing on Google. Yeah, you don't. But I I I believe the 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 solicitation I can't find it because God, uh, it, it I believe it alludes to the fact that this artist this gentleman that this comic book is about uh becomes a spy. Mm-hmm. Um, there there is a, a like a, a there are some vague references and li- like to that maybe like the spy lady talks about oh we're look we're recruiting and i love you and the things you do it's very blah 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 um have we thought read a david mack comic no um there's been i mean he's done covers for a bunch of things so he's kind of been in circles of things that we've read and we've never read bendis's and his daredevil which is the the thing that kind of put Bendis on the map. And uh, did he real? Did we really not read that? Why does it feel like we've read that to me? I mean, we've lots of Daredevils. We have never read their I Daredevil. I suppose that's true, but it's odd that that's something that we would have missed out on. We, we will read it at, at a given time. I'm sure we're going to read everything. We will. Um, so, what do you think about Mr. Mac? Uh, I have been a fan for many years. He was. One of the first people I met at a a comic convention, uh, at Heroes even, when I was very young, and I was kind of starstruck, even though I was only barely aware of his work. Um, I I think in terms of watercolor painters, there's kind of none better working in comics, Uh, and I've always admired how he makes it look like watercolor and not like... Because I think that's how Alex Ross would always paint, but it doesn't look like it doesn't look painterly. It looks like he's trying to hide that look, and I don't like that as much. And what do you think I about like this? this expressiveness? What do you what think I like about what, what do you think about this comic book? What do I think about this comic book? Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can say a lot about David Mag, but th- this is. I mean, I think you do glean more about about this from the from the solicitation in the book. The book is just, I would never pick up a second issue if I wasn't a fan of David Mack. Yeah, I'm, I've, 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 we've, I, I think I, this is the thing I've made clear, perfectly clear about my feelings about Bendis and that nothing happens in his comic books. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talking Mm -hmm. and I've, I've really liked some of his creator owned or, you know, first party, whatever, like, comic powers in particular i think powers is very good and it circumvents a lot of those problems that he has by with nothing happening because it's a comic book about it's a like it's a crime police procedural book you know it's like law and order with superpowers and it works in that regard and i think max art in this is very good Mm. and i think the design is very good Mm -hmm. but nothing this guy is at a comic convention and then he goes out to eat a couple times. Nothing and not, we don't I don't know anything. I know his name. I know this dude's name and I know he lends money to someone and he's a comic artist. Well, I there's nothing else there's a, and there's a spy lady who we don't know anything other than she's a spy. Mhm. And I, where's the hook in this? Oh, she he sees her again? That's not 
Yeah. That's not enough. I think, like, there's really nothing wrong with this style of storytelling, except when it costs you $5. Mm-hmm. If it costs you $5 to watch 10 minutes of a Quentin Tarantino movie, would you do it? Probably not. No. And particularly yeah. not the the most recent ones. No, they've been they've been quite shit. It's it's fine. I think I think the poor guy has uh, passed his prime. Well, his editor passed away, and I think that is largely that that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I I think I, I again this I, I I more and more and more. I'm reading comic books. I want. I'm I, I'm please die decompression please go away forever <laughs> I I'm spending too much money on these issues to get you know eight, eight like a bunch of meaningless dialogue and then oh wait no if you want you really have to buy the next issue if you want more of this and it's mm-hmm. just there's no I, I the lore used to work on me because oh I get more but then I realize especially in particular with Bendis there sometimes is no more that there is no end there's there's nothing at the end of this trail of you know shortened dialogue sequences and people like having little tiny conversations about loaning money like sometimes at, at a certain point there's just nothing at the end of that line and i'm spending 4 to 5 dollars an issue and it takes me 6 minutes to read and i don't there's no meaningful character there. You know, like, mm-hmm. if you just sold this as a David Mack art book, I would be probably more inclined to just to recommend it, honestly. Because at least yeah. that feels honest. I want words and pictures, both. Uh, I, I This is, like you said, I think ultimately this is, it is fine. It's not bad, but yeah. it, there's just not enough there for me. You know, I have more or less disagreed with you um, on these Bendis books, but I think I absolutely see eye to eye with you here. And I, it's just not enough. This is, this is, this is a snack of a comic book. You read it in an instant and it's, there's, there's no, there's no meat to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just not good. Yeah. That I'm, way. A, I'm a do not buy. Yeah. Um, as much as I do enjoy it for a lot of things and think there's a lot of cute art in it. Um, I have to agree with you that uh, you can largely save your $5 and get something different. So that's a double do not buy on cover number one. Next up is House Amok, number one, written by Christopher Sabella with art by Sean McManus. Letters, Aditya Bidikar, colors, Lee Luffridge. This, this is a weird book, Robbie. It's weird as hell. I'm a fan, though. Mm-hmm. I like Are it. Are you? Yeah, I like it. Tell me why you like it, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm not over on this one. I like this it is, because uh-huh. I, it's a it's I would I would call it a horror book. Yes, I would say that's it's it's a horror book through and horror through slash mystery. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's horror always has like a yes some other subgenre attached. Yeah, it's a horror book, but it doesn't forget to portray these people as people aside from the the. And also, I think there's enough of the mystery about what is actually happening here to make me not hate these people. <laughs> because, like, yeah, it uh, the it's a horror story told through the 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 lens, of these perspective. You're following a family that is killing people, 
that is they go on road trips and kill people and they are obviously i mean the the book starts off with a, a definition of group psychosis i believe or something similar to that shared psychosis is what they use um and you're like immediately led to believe okay well th- that means this family is all like hallucinating together they've talked themselves into seeing things that aren't real or whatever and you see them murdering people and i'm generally like a little uh, i'm not sure if i want that uh like to to tell a horror story with the protagonist being the murderers is hard to do well but you know i like the 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 idea that it's like a set of twins is this little girl is the actual protagonist and you're watching this family and the family functions mostly normal and ultimately the mystery isn't it 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 leaves it gives you enough to go maybe they are maybe they are actually doing the right thing maybe it looks like they're psychotic and they're murderers but maybe they're actually against some real supernatural thing or maybe they aren't and obviously this is a number one issue you're not gonna get Mm -hmm. all the answers but and i hope and like i think the success of this story long term is how long they string you along and how long they string us along about oh is this real is this not real because like all mysteries eventually you have to pivot you have to answer a question and ask a different one and that that choice of pivot point matters uh but i'm intrigued i'm hooked i want to know what these weird guys with the red head, the, you know the things they splatter in the mm-hmm. car and why they're murdering people and they're talking about souls protecting them and all kinds of weird stuff and they're also talk they're acting like a family you know to a certain degree you know considering the 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 style of the story at least for me um i don't know this book gives me the creeps and <laughs> watching a family w- with murder people in front of their children mm-hmm. is not a thing i want to subject myself to um i think that the storytelling in this is just it's a little throw everything at you and you have to do a lot of the work for that. Like I, if I had read this uh, two or three more times, I think I would have pieced together everything that you just said, but it was just a big sort of sloppy mess for me. It just felt like a bunch of shit that I wasn't piecing everything together. Um, but that lens of shared psychosis, it does really tie everything together. Um, I like the art quite a bit. I I think in particular there are some pages that look amazing, and there there are some pages that look really phoned in, which is interesting. I, it's it's inter- it's odd that they're so disparate. Which page? It could be that I'm just. You have an it, it could be that I'm just. Uh, I would say earlier. Okay. I just don't like the way the kids are handled. I think they look too simplistic. Um, but certainly towards the middle, the panels are really lush very intricate backgrounds and great cartooning in the faces. It almost doesn't even look like the same art that began with. It looks so much richer. Um, But I, I don't know that I want to be in this world where they're, you're cutting people's guts open in, in front of like nine year olds. I mean, they got to learn like, it sometime, Eric. I, I don't think they do. <laughs> You know, 
I don't think I'm into it. I okay. don't like it. I mean, that's that is a set matter of it's a horror comic with horrible things happening, and that yep. is oftentimes a very particular thing that sets people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, uh, uh, some horror comics are fine, and other ones yeah. are not as fine. I'm a buy. I like this a lot. Uh, it is, and it has a lot of stuff happening, which that's the yeah. other thing where coming off after, like, I read this first, and then I read cover, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh. And I look back at this one, I'm like, oh, look at, there, they, there's a lot of stuff that you learn in this comic book. Way more yes. than the things you learn in the other one. So I'm a buy. Um... Yeah, I'm a polite no thank you on this book. Polite. I can I can live. Yeah, I can live without it. That's a split decision with one buy and one no thank you. Mm-hmm. One polite no thank you. That's what I do now. Okay. <laughs> Don't oh, judge me. Oh no, it's a shift in your persona. Yeah. Our next book up is The Dreaming, number one. Written by Simon Spurrier, illustrated by Bilky Evely, colors Matt Lopez, letters Simon Bullet. So here's 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 a, 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 one of your Sandman universe comic books, Eric. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, we're reading it. We 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 did read it. Uh, what do you think? You're Sandman. You're Mister Sandman. I'll bring you a dream. Exactly. What do you think? Um, I like it. I am not blown away by it. I feel like it is an adequate story being told in the Sandman universe. Um, the art is is great i am really enjoying looking at this book i feel like this is a nice kind of midway point from like a standard sort of comic book look and like say a jh williams the third who makes unreadable comic books but they sure are pretty they are i mean the man is a fabulous illustrator this actually has tells the story yeah, it has good storytelling in it. Like I can I can follow what's going on from the pictures as well as the words, <laughs> which I think is an important thing for a comic book. Very important, I would say. Um I enjoy it. I am not bowled over by it. Um I think maybe I still feel a little burned from um uh, what was the Sandman book that was the the big Sandman Universe number one? No, not the last one that we read. Oh, the, uh, oh God, the J. H. Williams the third one. Yeah, from thirty seven years ago. Yeah, when I'm. It took four years for the last issue to come out. Um, yeah. I Sandman revival revisited. Uh, he's back, but not really. He was pre. I I don't know. I don't remember the actual name of it. Look who's Sandman 2. Look who's Sandman talking to. Sandman, Colin Airbud 3. Starring Bruce Willis. There we go. As the voice of, I don't know. Of Boss Baby. Of the Pumpkin Man. Sure. (laughs) Sure. I could see that working. Yeah, that is the Bruce Willis. Like, he's the everyman. He is the John McClane of this. Are you ready for the next Die Hard movie? It's just going to be called McClane. (laughs) Is it really? Is that really a thing? It's really true. That's something. It is. I agree with everything you've said about this comic book. Mm-hmm. I think it looks really pretty and tells the story really well. And it and like it doesn't do anything wrong. I just I I'm just not particularly. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a huge same man fan to begin with. You know I yeah. respect it as a thing, but I don't I don't 
I, I, this it would have to blow my socks off for me to yeah, want to want to keep reading. And it doesn't it doesn't do that for me even. I am always going to be nostalgic for Sandman because it is what made me get back into comics. Um, and this is merely good. I would, I, I would recommend to pick it up and read it for those listeners that are like myself and enjoy the work of Neil Gaiman, despite the, the insufferable prick that Neil Gaiman has turned into. (laughs) Did you happen to see the discourse between, um, uh, I think it was Richard Meyer, the comic skate guy, and Neil Gaiman. Oh, uh, no, was, I don't. It, it was, I don't think I want to. I don't. Is, uh, I don't think I want it, any of that. <laughs> it's actually quite adorable because a lot of you know people with clout have come out and said, "Yeah, these guys are assholes," and now they're like, "Wait, we're assholes? What?" And the funniest thing that happened is Richard Meyer was trying to explain Neil Gaiman's career to Neil Gaiman. Oh. And I just, like, how how, how dumb do you have to be? I, I, there, I mean, unless there's some context that's missing, he literally was like, well, you had all this. And he's like, no, I think, I, I think I, it happened to me. <laughs> I think I know what's going on. I know what happened to me. Uh, I yeah. I think like I I agree. I think again. I think this book is. I don't know how to feel about it because I think it's good. I just don't really. I don't want to. I don't want to read more. Like it's yeah, not. Well, it it's is. Not, it is good. It's not great. Mm-hmm. There's no hook in it that. I mean, everything in here you have seen in other Sandman comics. Every single thing you've seen in it, it's not. It's not going to blow you away. It is a competent story in the Sandman universe that is enjoyable, um, and maybe it'll pick up a lot, but it is, you know, unless you're really big into it, I would say you could pass on it. For me, I would say bye. For you, I'm not surprised you wouldn't want it. I think I am a very mushy bye. I think really? I'm, I think so. I think it is very pretty, and I think it does. Yeah. I think it will mean more as you read on. I think obviously, like following the rubric of Sandman stories, they build on themselves. They they layer and layer and layer layers of characters and lore and stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm a like a mush mirror of four on the on with a but with I'm a buy. I think it's still I think it it's quality is enough to suggest. And obviously, you already know if you're a Sandman fan. Yeah. If you don't like the Sandman, you're not going to like this. But if you like Sandman, you're probably you'll give it give it a shot. You know, it's not it, like for fans of the genre, mm-hmm. the genre of Sandman. Uh, so that's a double buy on the Dreaming number one, Mushmeter two. Our next book is Dream Daddy, a Dad Dating Simulator number one, written by Wendy Zhu, illustrated and colored by Ryan Man- Manulet, and lettered by Hassan Utsman El Hau. Keeping with the dream theme right there. Yep. Uh, the visual novel uh, has now now has a comic book. There was a people were very excited for these. I mean, a lot of people like Dream Daddy. Um, I'm for it. Yeah, I think it. it I'm I'm, it, I'm it, pro Dream Daddy. A lot of, I I didn't play it. I I get I, I just I can't play visual novels. 
I get, I... Let's, I let's cannot, unpack that for a minute. I cannot focus. It's just, there's not enough game there to engage me. Yeah. And I just, I start just getting, I just wander away. I just, I'm like, I, and I start and I go, oh, that, I can like, I'll start one plate for an hour and I'll go, and this is not just a, to Dream Dad, this is any visual novel. I'll go, mm-hmm. oh, that, that was good. The writing was solid. I enjoy the, the, where it takes you. And then I'll never play it again. I'll never go back to it. And it's, I think it's just like, I can appreciate them. I don't. You know, there's nothing about them like, oh, they're not gay. They're not video games. It's just, I don't, just don't, they just don't hook me. They don't, I don't, yeah. I, I like this a lot. I think this, this is very good. You'll, uh, you'll play Firewatch though. Firewatch has enough movement in it that I can. <laughs> <laughs> Firewatch is great. I love Firewatch. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poo poo anyone's taste here. I think this comic book is good. Um, it is a pile of fluff. Mm-hmm. This may be the fluffiest single comic. Maybe, was it Moonlight? Was that what that book was called? With the centaur guy? And like the the girl that turned, that she was like a little puppy werewolf. I think it was called Moonlight. I think it was something else similar to that. Yeah, I remember Moonlight, but memory is fallible. It is fallible. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's called fallible. Sorry. No, it's not. Uh, Moonstruck. Moon. That's a. That's the. That's that. The drama, but with a, with Cher and, or was it Bruce Willis? Who's in? I forget who's in Moonstruck. I don't. I thought that. I thought that was Moonlight. That's Moonlighting. Okay. Whatever. Maybe. We, this is enough. <laughs> this is enough side talk. Okay. the The entire the entire point of what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. is this is this is barely a story this is fluff for people that want fluff to go with their game that this is this is the whole point of this is i just want people to be gay and happy like that's that's why people are buying this book mm-hmm. and bless their hearts um i think that's very sweet this is a this the, that's what this is. This is a saccharine pile of mush, and good on them. You know, people can be sweet and watch the sunset with seagulls and whatever in the crazy shit they think is important. It's very very saccharine and silly. But so, but does that make you a buy? Are is that a buyer? Um, that is a good question. Because I myself do not need this in my life. I kind of want to own it just for the um, the the importance of it. I like I like this game and all the accoutrements and all this shit more than I like the content. You know, I like the ideas of it. Like I think that if I pl- like, I kind of want to play the game. And I think I would have a similar, just like, I don't like this feel to it. Um, I think it would probably bore me based on what you just said about the genre. I haven't really thought about it that deeply. Um, it's hard for me to say that I'm a buy on it, though. Okay. But it it doesn't, I don't want to say I that I don't want to buy it. So that's a, it's a tough position to be in. I believe you're in the mush meter somewhere, then. I I suppose that I am. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah, I suppose that's the only right answer. Um, 
I I think that the book has merit, but is decidedly not for me. People should buy it. I'm probably let's say four. Okay, let's go four. Four. All right. Four. I'm a buy. I have no reservations about my my recommendation. Everything so, you said is accurate. Yeah. It it's nice. How does why does it work for you? Do you just not? You just don't drill down on it that much. I don't. You sort of let I, it be. I let like it ride. I it is. I think it knows exactly what it is, and it does that. And I think if you're buying a comic book that says Dream Daddy on the front of it, you mm-hmm. probably have played that game or know about the game at least. Um, have seen the game. Oh yeah. That and that is doing exactly what they what people who likes that game would like. Who and like this is a kind of sweet consequence free yep pile of fluff with mm. I, I don't know like i think what really what sets it apart for me from other romance comics which i am up or down on depending on what they are moonstruck is the name of that comic book by the way told you which was the other romance recent romance comic that i've liked a lot like what's this, this one up oh that one sets apart because it is just absolutely gorgeous this mm-hmm. one i think it is the daddy part of it it is yeah. the fact that these are uh, like older dudes dealing with their lives and this guy's trying to find a relationship or whatever. That's the difference. I don't know. I just I oftentimes romance comics are like young 20s people. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't I'm too old now. That's not I think we I think we need to say the word daddy more. To daddy. One more time. Ex- daddy. Excite, uh, ex- yeah. Daddy. Daddy. Yeah, excite the female fan base I, there. Okay, regardless, I I like this. It's it is kind of peaceful and fluffy, but I don't know. I like it. I I, I don't I don't think about it too much. I just go that was yeah. that was nice. That's always been my problem. Is I think about everything too much. So I mean, usually it is also my problem. I'm just a buy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, good good on you. So that's a double buy for Dream Daddy number one and Wish Meter of two. Again, our last book of the week is a mem- is a part of Comicsology uh, special originals presents Secret Agent Deadpool number one, written by Christopher Hastings, art Salva Espin, colors Matt Yaki, letters Comic Crafts Jimmy Betancourt. Um, Christopher Hastings wrote Gwenpool, so I thought we'd check out a Deadpool comic written by him. Mm-hmm. So, hey Eric, what's up, buddy? Does this pass? Does this past the deadpool threshold what's the deadpool threshold the kind of deadpool comic is this the deadpool comic that you want to buy or the deadpool comic does, that does, is for does, deadpool fans does deadpool get over uh is that the question you're asking me that is not the question i'm asking you no no it'll well maybe maybe for you does he does he does he get over for you i i kind of feel like it certainly towards the end of the book at the beginning, it feels very chimney chunga, you know, like he's just saying dumb jokes and it is insufferable. Mm-hmm. But it, um, I kind of felt the same way about the first issue of Gwenpool and it turned out to be magical. Um, I think the concept of Deadpool accidentally becoming James Bond is uh, fun and stupid and will make for an enjoyable book. Um, So I'm honestly kind of okay with it. For me, it reads more like movie Deadpool and less like 
bad comic Deadpool. Yeah, and the, the problem is that because there are so many Deadpool comics, yeah, there's you're not no there's no consistent Deadpool voice. Everyone has yeah. their own. Every writer gives it his own little thing, and some are more serious, and some are incredibly chimichangan up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I again, I. One, we got this comic book for free, basically, because mm-hmm. I, I, so it's unlimited. I, I it's part of Unlimited. Um, so obviously, if you're subscribed to Unlimited, it's a no brainer. Obviously, okay, go read it. You can if you want. There's no cost, no additional cost. Um, yep. So it comes down to would you subscribe to Unlimited for this? I guess is the question. Uh, n- probably not only for this, but they have a lot of comic books uh, as part of their oh, yeah. launching a lot of these uh, unlimited, especially with Marvel. They're um, trying to Netflix original content that shit up. They are. It's Amazon now, so they they are yeah, under, they understand they, they understand the game they're playing. Um, they uh, they need to get at it. They need to be a, they need to become Marvel before Marvel becomes them, mm-hmm. as Netflix has said about HBO. Um, I'm a. I think I agree with you. I think it is fun and enjoyable it is it is it is light it is fluffy it is silly um but it the gimmick i think is the like the thing that sells me at the end of the day it's like hey deadpool but james bond yep and i also hastings has written multiple comic books that i really like so far so i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt yep i think all that's fantastic and there's a cute even though i'm this what's cute? The little horse. The little horse is cute. It's a little Sebastian. Mm-hmm. It's a cute horse. Mm-hmm. I'm a buy. Yeah, me too. I'm a buy on a Deadpool book. Ooh. I know, isn't that? It feels bad to say it. <laughs> There's good Deadpool out there. I did eat tacos the other day. Oh, man. You rebel. I know. I didn't shout tacos, though. <laughs> okay, True. It's a different. There's a difference between the two. If I get to that level, oh, I'll just then. I'm a, then I'm a buy on every Deadpool. Then I need comic. to get you. I need to get you a Deadpool suit that you can wear. Yeah, yeah, and I'm to gonna, cons. The Deadpool logo tattooed on like various parts of my body. Just get the top of your head. Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> or your face. Yeah. Just get the mask right. tattooed on your face. You'd get the Deadpool logo on my neck. Yep. Or your elbows. Neck tattoos, both, man. Both, that's where both, it's at. Both elbows. We're double buying Secret Agent Deadpool number one. That'll do it for floppies. This week, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part show where Eric and I talk about what we've been up to during uh, the past couple of weeks. Nerdy things, books, mu- movies, music, video games, services, even apps. Eric, what's going on? Uh, We haven't on this podcast talked about either dragon con or all in we, we mentioned Have all in we? last we mentioned all in last week we mentioned it did we do we record after dragon con we, already that was that just happened no we mentioned that i we mentioned all in we in new japan yeah in a previous podcast we did not talk a lot about all in i was gonna say we talked about new japan we talked about I thought the that, G1. Right. I thought that it would be worthwhile to mention that you and I recorded a whole podcast. We that did. It was just released about about that. The wrestling event. That, that wrestling event. That unit of professional wrestling. One unit of pro wrestling that we imbibed. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. It was very good. Uh, you can listen to our almost two hour long podcast over at the Serial Fanaticist. If you're so interested about in-depth 
uh, discussion about everything involving it. It was a good show. It was a good show. Tell me about Dragon Connor. It was a blast, man. I think more and more, it's just, I'm just paying to hang out with my friends and get drunk. That's just what Dragon Con has turned into. I mean, I don't think you're alone in that. No, uh, there's about 70 or 80,000 people that are also doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine how much money that shit makes for the Dragon Con Corporation and for the city of Atlanta. It's absolutely insane. And let me tell you, every Lyft driver that I drove with did nothing but complain <laughs> about how fucked up the roads were. And most of them had no idea that it had been going on for like 20 years, which is insane to me. Atlanta, it, Atlanta I mean, traffic is pretty bad. It's it's some of the worst on the uh, East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty rough. Atlanta itself is a a great great city. Continues to be one of my favorites. Um, I don't know. It was it's getting to where I have not. I did not really branch out a whole lot. I I hung out with the people that I know. Mm-hmm. Dragon Con is becoming very personal. You know, it, it's it's just this, it's the same folks from the past two or three years. Just again, I don't know. I could probably stand to I, I, honestly, I think that's just what it's going to be for the rest of my life. If I keep going to the same cons, I think if I'm going to meet new people, I'm going to have to go to new cons. Like, I think I might go to Rose City Comic Con or Emerald City Comic Con um, small press expo or cake. I want to, I kind of want to table at one or, or the other of those. I might, I might even fit in better at those because I think I need a weird artsy crowd to, to sell my wares. Otherwise people just don't get it. But I, I actually want to go to fan expo in Toronto. Yeah. That's another one. That was the same weekend. Weekend prior. Was it the weekend prior? I thought it was this. I thought it was the same weekend as dragon con. Uh, I think it's August twenty. Oh, that's twenty nineteen. That's next year's. Is the would yeah. be the weekend? I don't know about this year's. I want to. I want to say people were talking about being at one or the other because right. a lot of people were at Fan Expo. But like, I I do hear good things about that one as well. Did you meet any artists that you have not met before? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I met uh, a lot of people that worked on the uh, the the hopeless books. Um, what is his name? Kelly Williams. Okay. He's a neat guy. Um, I'm trying to think whom else I, I ran into, but not, not too, too many. I got to see Dennis Hopeless at a panel. Um, that panel was really good. It was, it was moderated by, uh, Lan Pitts, who's a super cool dude. Um, yeah, there was, it was not as much interaction, with artists it's getting quite difficult actually the uh the artist alley is in is one whole floor of the vendors building and the first day the saturday like i was thinking about going in there and that building was at capacity and they were not letting people in and there was a line literally around the whole building wrapped around the whole building and it is not a small building mm-hmm so the demand is there, but it makes it, it's like too big to hang out with people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to do anything. Like I, I, 
I think you have to be a very motivated person. I, and I hope this all equates to, you know, more interactions and sales with the artists in there. But you have to be very motivated to wait in a line just to go in and buy stuff. Like, it's unbelievable that it is that big and that dense. And I still think that most people are going to the dealer rooms and not to the artist alley. But hopefully the artists are making good money. And I and they still I didn't even make it to the uh, the art gallery. Mm -hmm. You know, the the like we we probably met, went and you remember when it was basically a divider. Yes. But it was just basically one huge art alley. And it would be the same kind of people doing similar things, but one was a little, a little different, you know, fine arty, mm -hmm. more illustrative, less comic booky. Yes. Um, I did not even manage to make it to that part of the building. Um, went to uh, several different parties. Went to, well, I had friends that were in, um, that were in the burlesque troupe that put on the dragon con burlesque. So they managed to get me past the line, which was incredibly nice of them because that line was two hours long. That's a long Did line. Did I not tell you that? Yeah. It's mm. insane, right? That's many hours. It's absolutely bananas. That's a lot of, um, it seems more and more as these cons grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It is the tale of, well, you can go to a thing. It will take you a long time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's, Becoming untenable, I basically like. I think that the the feel of the con changed pretty radically when they put the artist alley in the America's Mart, and I I don't like it. It's not a bad space for it, but I don't like going all the way there, and it just it feels kind of like a making it a commodity and not the not the personal interaction that I want out of a a, a a comic convention. I think I'm more of a small comic book convention person, but hanging out with nerds and checking out their cosplays and getting straight up shwasted with nerds is definitely my jam. And it was a fucking blast. Glad you had fun. Yeah, man. You guys need to make it back sometime. It's a, certainly a possibility in the future. Yep. Unless I hope double so. or nothing takes place during the next Labor Day weekend. And then <laughs> sorry. What if you don't get tickets? It'll they'll sell out in the first fifteen minutes. I'll find a way. You'll find a way. Mm hmm You won't you won't come to Atlanta and have another wrestle watching party with me? Uh we'll see what the card looks like. <laughs> I would almost skip Dragon Con to go see it. Honestly, I was I was very jealous that you got to go to All In. I was very excited about it. It's if there's another one of those, it's gonna. It, I don't think it'll be any time. It probably will be next year sometime. So there's plenty of time. Um, hey, they're not they're not gonna do it on Christmas Day. No, I don't think so. I've been playing video game, Eric. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that sentence. From me or in just in general? I've been I've been playing a video game, comma, Eric. <laughs> I've been playing uh it's a new video game. It came out two days ago as uh, ah, the yes. time of this recording. Spider-Man. Marvel's Spider-Man is the full title, but just Spider-Man. Ad adjectiveless Spider-Man for place the for the PlayStation 4 is exclusive. 
It's by Insomniac Games, uh, developed by them. uh, First party game from Sony. I'm glad to report, Eric, the swinging, Mm -hmm. the swinging is good. That uh, that sounds personal, bro. You should um... not publicize that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you can, but be prepared, I guess. I think it's the question everyone asks about Spider-Man games. It's the first question you ask when you're going to play a Spider-Man game, especially a 3D Spider-Man game, a modern Spider-Man game, is how does the swinging feel? How does how does how does that how that's the most important thing the the movement the swinging it feels good it's and they, you, you just get lost in it. Oh, they say it's the beginning of the end of your relationship. Who's they? <laughs> Is this our relationship? I can't. I can't, divul- I, can't divul- I can't divulge my sources. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Marvel Spider-Man is a is a very good game. It's an open world Spider-Man game that is not in any in any strict continuity. It is not in line with the movies. It is not really in line with the comic books. It is using it has its own sort of continuity. Uh, the game starts off interesting enough is you working in the lab. Um, you've been I think you're in, you're in your mid twenties, Peter Parker in your mid twenties. You've been in Spider-Man for eight years because at the very beginning of the game, you arrest the Kingpin. And he's like, it's been eight years. Rah, rah, rah. Um, but you're working for Dr. Otto Octavius before he becomes Dr. Octopus in a lab uh, working on uh, prosthetics, prosthetic arms. And you're recently broken up with Mary Jane. And you're there's you know the I, the game is there's a new villain introduced in the game plus kind of the normal rogues gallery the sinister six i believe is like the miscellaneous uh, villains around the edges i've fought the shocker uh already um the villain the designs are not d- directly from the comic books or anywhere in particular but you know, they're all recognizable i think they're all solid um the it's just fun to swing around and be spider-man i don't know what to say it's just a good I, time I, I, I think that that's really that's all anyone wants from a Spider-Man. It's wish fulfillment, and I that's would what say, you want from that game. And the writing is is also really good. the The quips, good. the quips are good. The conversations he has relationships with, and it, I think it manages to make you feel like Peter Parker and Spider-Man really well because you are constantly being bounced around with all these different things pulling at you at the same time. You know, you have your relationship with Aunt May, your relationship with the uh, Doctor Doc Ock. You know, as your as your he's your employer. You have a relationship with with Osborne, who is the mayor of New York City. Your relationship with MJ, your relationship with the police. You have all these different things pulling at you. You're trying to investigate crimes, also do your job and and pay your rent. All kinds of all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like Peter Parker. You know, like that's it feels. Honest, it feels honest it feels very much like oh yeah like he forgets you know you play in through the game and then you're like you'll get a call from him and she's like didn't we have dinner tonight and parker and like peter's like oh yeah we did i'm sorry and like he forgets a lot of things but there's so much stuff happening in the game you're like oh yeah i forgot about that too the game did tell me that we were doing that. I just forgot. I was busy swinging. <laughs> it's very important. I had to go. I had to swing to the top. I had to go take a picture of uh, a museum or something because there uh, there are there's a photo mode and you take pictures of stuff and you get XP, XP for them. Um, it is an open world character action game. It has 
RPG mechanics because all video games do now. You level up, you unlock new combat moves, new types of webbing, new t- new costumes. There's like 30 costumes in the game and each one has their own specific power. Uh, there are suit mods that are different than that and you can upgrade all of those. You can mix and match the costumes and their and their uh, and their the powers they you get. So once you unlock a costume, you also unlock its power, which you can apply that power to a different costume. And that's very interesting. They have different all kinds of. They have Iron Spider, uh, the Spider Man Noir. They have Secret Wars Spider Man. I I I've not seen them all, but there's many 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 different costumes. Uh, you'll find the one that you like. They have they have. They have Ben Riley. They have the original costume. They have the special costume for the game. There's so many. They're all, they're all neat. I'm. It's hey, I like Spider-Man dress up. It's fun. Um, combat's fun. It's it, once you get the hang of it. It's very dynamic. Uh, uh, very similar to Arkham games. Similar to the Shadow of Mordor games. You know, you're surrounded by a bunch of dudes with guns, with clubs, some are big, some are, you know, armored, and you got to approach each of them a different way. You'll unlock different moves that allow you to mitigate any one of those factors or button presses that allow you to counter people or dodge them and then counter, you know, bounce. There's parkour function where you bounce off of walls and attack people. You can dive down from the ground. Do There's even a there's some stealth mechanics where you web people up from below when they're not looking. Everything. They, it's really, it's pretty robust combat system, and I, I'm liking it a lot. The story of the game, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm very particularly far because I've just been doing open world exploring and swinging around big buildings. Um, but it's good. It's, it's a supervillain, a coming supervillains coming in to fill the vacuum of the kingpin leaving, basically being arrested, and you're still dealing with some effects of the kingpin operating things from prison so there's you know it's that stuff I, it's a good spider-man game i don't know i when i'm not playing it i'm thinking about playing it i think that's the real mark of just about anything good mm-hmm. if, um, you're, if you're thinking about it when you're not doing it if you have a playstation and you like spider-man i can't imagine you probably already have already bought it but it's a, i wish i had a ps4 mostly because i really want um God, I want the new um, Dragon Quest game really bad. I mean, do you you, you you go get one? Yeah, but then I'm in it for like five hundred bucks. That's true, know, man. And then you can play Spider Man too. It's true. Bloodborne, Persona. I believe it's Persona, isn't it? I, pers- I, I don't seen- think it matters. Also, in Horizon Zero Dawn, very good game. I know. Did you see? Did you see my sister-in-law's yes, very Horizon good. Zero Dawn? She did a good job. Costume, yeah. At she Dragon sewed Con. the whole thing herself. At She's Dragon very Con. talented. Very good. Um. Uh, okay. So Spider-Man. Also, a book, Eric. I read in the airplane flying to Chicago. It is "Take Your Eye Off the Puck: How to Watch Hockey by Knowing Where to Look" by Greg Wyshynski, who's also known mm-hmm. for a long time online as Puck Daddy on uh, for his hockey writing. So it's a book about how to watch hockey and what's important to watch and what to, what's what's important in plays and how do you, how can you gauge a good player and how do you gauge action how do you know if your team's doing well or poorly because mm. I've I've been I the past couple of years I've been watching hockey more and more as time has gone by I suppose when in Rome right 
surprisingly enough, Florida does not have a big hockey culture. I, well, Tampa does. People Tampa. are really how all about, about that. How about Ocala? No. Okay. Well, I grew but up I there. I don't I did live not, in Ocala. I did not grow up in Tampa. I grew up in the woods uh, and people in the woods and my father and everyone I went to high school with, we well, t- was football. Let me, let me counter that with people who live in the woods do not really have <laughs> much of a blank culture. And it's... please fill in the blank with literally anything. <laughs> How about in Carolina where you grew up? Was there much hockey talk going on? Um, there is a, a Charlotte team, surprisingly enough. The Carolina Hurricanes, I think, is the Charlotte team. There is. They're, they're not going to, they're going to be bad probably this year. They're, they're typically not great. No. Yes. Uh, Tampa has um, a very good team, actually. Yes. Um, Tampa has a, a, a renowned team. They're, they, they, they have a very good team. They're favorites to make the playoffs and perhaps win the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup, but I've been following the Edmonton Oilers, consider myself a fan. And I wanted to be, I can watch a game and I know what's happening and I know the rules, but I'm, when I get into something, I want to get into it. So I, I looked online and went on our hockey and they, a lot of people recommended this book and it, it, for anyone who's curious about the sport and how the, 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 the second level of depth or third level of depth about strategy and play, mm-hmm. um, it's worth reading. I, I it, taught me a lot of stuff that i knew only an inkling about um the sport itself i recommend anyone to follow hockey it's full of action and move movement and doesn't have breaks like football Mm -hmm. does it doesn't it's not slow it's a the fastest game you know of the four major sports in america it's like soccer but hyper Mm -hmm. it's it's soccer fighter turbo yes exactly um, but that's it. I don't know. It's it's a good book if you're interested in hockey and you wanted a little bit more depth, a little bit more expo- ex- explanation about importance of zone entries and faceoffs and how hockey stats work. It's all good. It's it, it's important. Uh, to know I actually stuff. really admire. Like you've you've you definitely are able to get deeper into sports than I think I'm even capable of. At a certain point, I just. I can I can only be a casual sports fan. I wish I had the uh, the wherewithal to to want to go deep like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean it's sometimes it's just a measure of time. I no, I and I get that, but I don't. I I I want I want to have that knowledge without putting the work in. I suppose is what I'm saying. Well, here's a book for you, Eric. If you want to know more about, thank hockey. you. For you. No, I want to. I, I would prefer sports that uh, are more accessible to standard bros. I mean, because... hockey has some pretty big meathead fans. Oh, and I get that, but not necessarily anywhere outside of Tampa. But fair. There's, I've you you figure it. You learn as as you follow hockey. You go into our hockey. You learn. I've learned about various degrees of fandom for different teams and the stereotypes which were all i don't know uh opaque opaque they were opaque to me (laughs) that's the word well learning about sports is a good way to network with dudes i have found that is true that is also true it is a and it's a it's a it's a good thing for an adult men uh, adult man to do 
network with other dudes. It can be. Yeah. You ready to talk about Superman, Eric? Uh, absolutely. And men, Supermen, even. And Superboys. And super, well, only one. Only one in this comic book. So, we can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is where Eric and I will assign a longer collective work and discuss it in depth like you would a book, but instead it's a comic book. Um, this week we are reading The Death and Return of Superman, which includes The Death of Superman, Funeral for a Friend, Reign of the Supermen, and finally Return of Superman. Written by Dan Jurgens, Jerry Ordway, Louis Simonson, Roger Stern, pencils by John Bogdanov, John Grummet, Jackson Giche, Jan Jurgens, inks by Brett Breeding, Rick Burchett, Doug Hazelwood, Dennis Jenke, and Dennis Rodier, colors Gene D'Angelo, Gwen Whitmore, letters by John Costanza, Albert de Guzman, Bill Oakley, Willie Schubert. And I, there's, 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 I'm going to say there's, 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 there's more. There's, but... there's other. That's just the credits for the very first trade, and I'm not gonna yeah. just read hundred no. names. No, no, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, so I read this. I, re- I, re- I distinctly re- remember Superman and him dying as a very big deal mm-hmm. as a child. I remember buying that comic book off a newsstand as a kid, like from a grocery oh, yeah. store. And like, mom, I need this. It's Superman. He dies. I need to read it. Um, it had that level of cultural importance when it came out. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that, you know, it was on the fucking news and it woke people up to the fact that there were still comics. I think I feel like a lot of normies just didn't even realize that it was still happening. It was just a thing that I mean, not unlike today, that is still happening somewhere. I think it was a another big that speculator market in yep. the early '90s that led to this book selling millions of copies and X Men number one selling millions of copies mm-hmm. because people were like, "Oh," because it was the exact right time when people started thinking, "Oh, those comic books! I remember having them when I was younger, and now mm-hmm. those are worth a lot of money. I know I didn't keep yep. them. If I buy these, they will one day be worth a lot of money." Do you think that that whole speculator mess happened as a result of this event or was just sort of part of uh, part um, of I, I, it was I, part of part you, it was of, already I, going I, on? I think it was this? I think it was a wider I mean, I think it, it, it was a part of the image comics dudes, the young guns mm-hmm. of Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee. Those guys, I think that they're them. Them first making comics more popular with younger and a younger audience, and then I think that spurred on the speculators market um, with you know Spider Man one and X Men one and Death of Superman and and Nightfall all those books having tremendous number of sales, which no one put two or two together thinking oh if there's four million of something they're not going to be worth very much money ever. Yep, but. Uh, again, those people, the people, the speculators, people who drove up all these sales were not interested in reading the comic book. They did not care about the story. They merely wanted to own the thing that would one day be worth money. And you still see that today. There's just much less of it. If you uh, if you read something, it gets damaged and then it's worthless. Yeah, you can't open it. I the, I do yeah. remember the plastic, but the black plastic wrap yep. that covered the death of Superman with a big bloody Superman logo on it. 
it worked on me. I was eight years old and I needed to own that comic book. Well, I mean, I I had to read all this, too. I, this first trade, I remember every single panel of this. It was etched into my memory. I didn't know who the shit guy Gardner and Booster Gold were. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, who the hell are all these generic ass looking people? Not a strong Justice League lineup. No, no. You got Blue Beetle and Booster Gold and Guy Gardner. And then the rest of those people, I'm like, who are these people? Where I mean, Ice in? looks cute in her little Ugg boots. Well, I mean, she's cold. Get it? Yeah. Um, I do. I did not read all of this. I I've read issues here and there. I read mm-hmm. all the way through, but I did not buy every comic. Probably because I had all I had to buy comics from was a grocery store that probably only stocked yeah select issues. So I was there like, were, another Superman were, one. Another Superman what? Another Superman issue. I will buy this one. I don't. I apparently I, like I've read I read issue like I read some of the funeral ones I read some of the rain ones I read some of the return mm-hmm. ones I did not read all of any of it. Yeah, there's a bunch of blind spots in my own as well, but I did read every single bit of the death of Superman. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a single issue that I'm like oh yeah, there's where all the weird tree things collapse on him and here's God. It's, I, I, I just, it's, it's odd that every panel is so etched into my memory. I remember it all so clearly. Here is what I, I will say about the death and return of Superman. It is in turn much better and much worse than I remember. I think there's some very good comics in here. There are. I think there's a lot of very nice art and certainly to be from this time period, there's a lot in it that really warms my heart. Like I enjoyed reading this, even though I feel like you're going to be more down on it. And I'm really interested to hear what you say, but I feel like there, there is some stuff in here, certainly towards the end that feels more nineties. Like this, this starts out feeling very much like, um, what was the, the George Perez, was it Infinity? Was it Infinity Gauntlet that we read? I always get those stories confused. It is. We did. Yeah, the Infinity Gauntlet. Like it really reminds me. The first issues remind me of that. That it's it 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 feels like it's talking to both audiences. You know that it's got that one foot in that much older world of DC Comics. But it's trying really hard to be the '90s guys, um, and it gets it it fully is transitioning to a super '90s universe by the end of the run. It feels completely different to me by the end, and I, and not as fun. No, um, the, it's the return is it is like. Frankly, most of it is good up until the return mm-hmm. of Superman, and then the return is mostly not good. I would say, yeah, it's it's a hash, and I think that it's it's not really worth spending a lot of time reading. Um, it's I don't know, it's fine to bad, yeah, in parts. I'd say. Right. Um, I was actually really impressed with the amount of, of, of gravitas that it managed to bring 
to Superman's death. And even though I thought there were way too many issues in the funeral for a friend book, certainly there were several issues of really heavy, really well-told stories that, you know, it, it, it felt like the kind of things that you feel when someone important to you dies. And I, I think to their credit, they managed to do that really well. I, I don't think they pulled their punches there. They actually did a lot of things correctly. I mean, I think it, yeah, it, 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 it successfully communicates how important Superman is. And, mm-hmm. and at every level, you know, you see the superheroes, other, you know, Batman and, and all the other guys, them deal, had them reacting to it. And then you also see, like, obviously Lois, you see the Kents, you see the newsroom, you see Bibbo. Yeah, he's a he's a relic, isn't he? <laughs> you mean Ben Grimm without powers? Yeah, I mean, but I think you can modern up uh, the thing. Right. This guy is basically like a 20s era hooligan <laughs> that, like doesn't make any sense it was like some it was anachronistic with someone's grandfather and it's (laughs) it always weirded me out um i was like who the fuck is this guy um he saves a dog eric hey i i always liked that you know i remember seeing him in those later books in particular um in the return stuff i had i don't really i don't really have a problem with him i think he is a interesting and funny and charming character just because he's like i don't know so positive it's wholesome you know he literally saves a puppy he does he jumps into the water and saves a dog and then names it then names it crypto not well krypton accident on accident six letters accident six letters and then he decks that guy, which I'm I'm into. That was I thought that was excellent. That's how he solves his problems. Um, he looks like the kind of guy that that's how he solves his problems, and that's fine. Um, smoldering redheaded Lex Luthor. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up. I just I just turned the page and got to the 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 smolderiest of smoldering panels, like where the 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 man version of Janelle Monet is doing his hair. Mm-hmm. It's really, oh. it's really that version of Luthor is really strange. It's an odd thing. And like Supergirl was like his lap girlfriend mm-hmm. through the whole book. It's like 90% of what she was doing is just sitting in his lap As and very, saying, Oh, look at that happening. Very gross. It's weird. Right. But it's not, it's a different Supergirl. I mean, I don't know. A lot of this is a a weird time. A lot. And I think that's the thing. Like Superman is evergreen. He does. He is whatever era he's in. He is still Superman. Mm -hmm. His his what Superman is can you can put him in the 30s or the 90s or today. And it's still, hey, an alien that came to Earth, adopted human humanity and is the best person. Yeah, you and, don't really need to reboot Superman. No, he's always that. But mm-hmm. you, but it, that's the weird thing about 
re- coming back and reading this is like and it happens over and over again you're like you're reading it and you're like okay super like even in his death the whole like his, his it, they the like the reason those books succeed is because they manage to communicate his impact and his presence mm-hmm. even after his death and then you get like you're like oh right this is 1993 1992 you're like oh right weird clone luthor who died original luthor's body died from kryptonite radiation poisoning and now there's a clone with full red hair and beard and he has supergirl as semi-girlfriend i don't know what is going on there i like they don't do they have a relationship yes he's sort of they're uh they're cuddle buddies yeah i don't know i mean she she's willing to look like shape- she's wearing a nighty around him at one point yeah she shapeshifts to please him mm-hmm. which is also really gross um hey isn't that what everyone wants no uh, i i I'm joking. I understand what you're saying. Yes. I mean, it it makes me. It is. The whole thing is weird, gross, like uh, young teenage boy wish fulfillment. It makes me not like Luthor. I don't know if that's actually what it's trying to accomplish, but it does. I don't think we're supposed to like he's fucking Lex Luthor. He's got a fucking Abraham Lincoln chin beard with no mustache. (laughs) He does. He does indeed. Is that was that a good decision then even? That look, I I really wonder what they base like where they got their information from. Yeah, like him and Superboy in particular, and then the return of Superman's death mullet. All mm-hmm. of it, very strange decisions to make them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't get it, but I feel I feel like comics from this kind of era of creative teams like i don't know it 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 makes me think of um oh hell the was the midas contract what's the what's the the teen titans that we read judas contract judas contract yeah i wonder what midas was where that I was, was getting that. that was a ryan north uh written comic book about the dinosaur that there's a gold planet that's right thank you i remember that now and God, there's so much weird shit in this book. Did you did you catch how Lois Lane wearing the wetsuit is looks exactly like Kick Ass? I don't. I all I remember is that I'm like, ugh, why is Lois wearing? What is going on? Why is there's a lot of there's a lot of what's going on. There's a there's just weird dicking around in these books that just does not need to be here um yeah you could have told this in probably half the amount of time or the same amount of space but better develop make that last book better with earlier foundational work yeah (laughs) because that oh the the last book not not very it's pretty it's pretty bad but i um i don't know i um i don't hate it hate it i just kind of look at it as it is what it is. It um, it reads like a parody comic book. I don't necessarily disagree with you. It feels like Indiana but, Jones four. Yeah, and I I oh I agree with you. But like there were a shitload of comics during this time. Yes, that's true. That were exactly that. I mean, when you look at the first book 
And then that last one, I mean, it's only sort of different by degrees. Um, that they're both written for like a, you know, it's it it feels like a for a for a younger audience to be all ages, to be that kind of innocent style of writing, um, much like the new trend of like the terrifics books presented without irony, and I don't know re- the 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 return stuff feels like it's still rooted in that, but is really trying to move into that like serious grim dark yes um like we're bad sort of adult book mm-hmm. it's and cool I think that be 13 years old buy it you yeah. like it it's awesome it's dark superman he has yeah. guns now and i think that that's that's where that formula doesn't work it always feels weird and clunky and the the two things don't support each other no the they 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 actively call out the parts of each thing that don't work um there's a bunch of stuff in the reign of superman that i still am very fond of i think i mean i really like the reign of superman is really good because it allows they use because there's four different supermen mm-hmm. so to speak it allows them to kind of explore like the, that's the thing those first three books all they are all take their time and i think in some regards a little too much time but i don't mind it most of the time especially in reign of the superman uh, because it all those different all those four different characters allow us to kind of explore mostly through the lens of lois lane what is Superman, you know, what is, what is he really? And like, you get these sort of Superman, you get a guy who looks like Superman and knows a lot about him, but is also kind of robotic. And then you get a guy that kind of remembers, but he's vicious, you know, and breaks people's hands and is, does things that Superman would never do. And then you get Superboy, who is, this vision into a Superman that was not raised by the Kents. Like they bring Lois talks about that all the time. Yeah. He didn't have, you know, he, didn't, he got his powers gradually and you, they cut over to the Kents over and over and over again through the, the book. And you're like, Oh, right. Clark was a teenager and he did have powers to a certain extent, but he was raised by the Kents and he got their, their, their nurture. He got raised. He, he got, their values and what instead if you put this dude in like throw him to the wolves with like a business manager and the this this, the media like what happens and then then i literally can't think of anything more terrifying than like an 18 year old with superpowers yeah it it like and like to be fair, like Superboy gets some growth in this. He changes. Yeah. He has an arc. He he starts off really look loving the fame and loving the attention and then uh, I think Steel gives him a talk. He's like you need to know that everything everything you do, he gives him the Spider-Man talk, you know, great power mm-hmm. comes great responsibility. And that it, it affects Superboy and he, and he behaves differently after that point. And, you know, Steel is that the guy, a normal guy, no powers, 
pursuing the ideal of Superman. You know, it's like, what if Iron Man was Superman, kind of, and that those all those different well aspects of the care of Superman are like explored, and like you get the darker parts with the two with Cyborg and the Kryptonian. And then you get like the lighter half with Superboy and Steel. Like they are the like the yin and the yang. You get kind of the dark and the light. And it works really well, frankly. I I I wish my only complaint, and it's nothing it really doesn't have anything to do with that segment, is really has to do with the fact that the 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 cyborg turns incredibly super evil mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And it, there's it really n- didn't make a whole lot of sense, did it? No foreshadowing at yep. all. It's just, oh, he's, yeah, he's kind of like a weird, he thinks he's Superman, but he's not. And I can deal with the fact, yeah, he's hiding the fact that he wants to murder and turn the planet into War World, which, again, and, and glomming Mongol onto this is feels like, why can't Superman just fight? the other superman like why why are we bringing war worlds all of this it feels incredibly du- like useless like what wasteful just so much more and i don't why is he can't just break he can't destroy the world without mongol i think that that's just sort of the way the mo was in a lot of comics is well it was always this mastermind we do we can't really put any other thought into it we just want to do a thing and then said a wizard did it did it yeah, it really, and that is that this it really is like a wizard did it thing mm-hmm. going on in this last the last few books. It feels very much. It's just suddenly, oh, uh, the cyborg Superman destroyed a major city and killed seven million people, and that's like that information is given to us in like a panel, mm-hmm. and you're like, wait, 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 wait a minute, we you, I co- okay, I. Green Lantern's probably not going to be happy that everyone's dead. Which is, this is the beginning of the Green Lantern heel turn. When, when There was a Green Lantern heel turn, huh? Parallax. Maybe we'll Parallax. Read, maybe we'll read that at some point. I know we've not had a good stretch with... Um, Green Lantern books. Green Lantern books. This was, this was the, this was Green Lantern, Hal, turning evil and becoming Parallax after this hmm. this is the this is the beginning of it because coast city blows up and he goes angry and wants to kill everybody that's where he became hollywood hal jordan oh god now listen here brother we're part of the new world <laughs> order <laughs> oh goodness now listen here this this here lantern this ring <laughs> god hollywood H- hogan was the lame like he was still super lame and the only reason that was successful is because of how cool Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were. Hogan's promos, I've watched them. They're so they're still they're literally the same as his Hulkamania promos. They all he did was have a stubbly beard. He put some some dark makeup in it or something. <laughs> so I guess that's fair. Um but I I, I really like I really like Steel. Yeah, Steel is like full on great in this. It's the thing uh, more than anything where I go like, yeah. why? Oh, is... I, li- I, re- I remember loving him then as well. And I'm glad that he has aged really well. He's a great, a great positive character. It's it, it just is nice to tell a story about a superhero that 
cares and is positive. I don't know why there's this panel of him um, presenting his butt, though. This is a weird, weird decision for a, a, a page one splash page. Is is he even a guy in the, with Rebirth? I wonder. Because I can't find anything, and I don't remember reading. Yeah. I don't remember anything of Steel in since Rebirth. I know he's a character in New Fifty Two, a version of him. I just don't know where he is. There, there is uh, some talk about it on the the Steel Wikipedia page, but I don't know much about it. It starts off talking about New Fifty Two, but I. It's it feels weird. Like you see all these characters, and most of them aren't around now, mm-hmm. or they're so different. Then like you get the only ones that are the same are Superman, Lois, and Jimmy, and then everything else is really different. And as much as I like Steel, that lady he's fighting, what's her name? It's something like Sh- Bunny. Bunny, yeah. White Rabbit. White or Rabbit. That's it. White Rabbit. White Rabbit. Thorn, mm-hmm. Gangbuster. Well, you, you don't like uh, you don't like Walmart Daredevil. No, I do not at all. Uh, the and that's okay. Of all the strange things in this, which there's there's plenty of to to talk about. But what is going on with those alien blood sucking things? What is happening? Why is this in my Superman comic? I don't I I had a fondness for that little subplot because those were a bunch of the issues that I had when I had the issue of the dude who turned into the knife guy and I had the issue of the dude who turned into to giant Blanca. Um I I couldn't tell you it is completely out of nowhere, doesn't connect to anything. Like, you could literally leave all of it out, including all the characters that they create, and I think it would have nothing to do. Like, it wouldn't affect the story at all. No. It doesn't... I, I don't understand why it's even in these collections. It is It is strange. The only reason is the Superman meet a bunch of these guys. I, I was actually really pleased to read some of them again, just for the sake of nostalgia. I mean, that Jeff Loeb comic with the Blanca guy, I don't know why I have such a fondness for that that dumb one shot. You are a Jeff Loeb mark. Maybe I am. You I are. liked that book. I, it's bad. I, it, all those. It, that's fine. All those. I couldn't. I hated all of those. I hated. Uh, I bro, hated that's, that's fine. Oh, you like stuff that's bad? No. Yeah, you everything do. I like is good. I don't know what you're talking Precious about. Precious and pure art, I'm sure. Only the best for me. I am I am not going to defend anything um in here other than like there's stuff in here that I enjoy at least in terms of that. But like that no, that whole alien B plot does not connect up to anything. And has just it it is pure bullshit filler even the stuff that i like i i I just don't know why they why would you put it in the books after the fact this this launched a lot of comics like this Mm -hmm. because nightfall was after this 
fucking Azrael. I think it, it. I think it started in the middle of it. Right. I mean, because yeah, Azrael's it, in this. It happens after it, sort of. I mean, after it's yeah. after Superman dies, but before he's fully back. It, it's still going on. The nightfall. Yeah. They happen kind of concurrently. Yeah, they like the cascade. Um, yeah, yeah. Then Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and Flash all suffer similar fates. Not exactly the same things happen all of them, but all of them kind of face a death scenario in various forms. We talked about Green Lantern turning into parallax. Um, we can maybe read that one day. Um, and and it was because this comic book sold a lot a lot and lot it was the first installments were within top five selling best selling comic books for the month uh each installment received a second uh printing uh valiant comics time the release of both bloodshot number one and turok dinosaur hunter number one to the the release of uh five number adventures of superman 500 to take advantage of the high traffic but also this is like i said well i mentioned the speculators this is the beginning and the end of 90s the 90s boom because this started this like big like all those characters dying and going through these weird trans like weird big events and they would boost sales and then people would stop reading after a while and they go back down and they do it again and they go back down and it kind of i i don't i don't i don't want to say it obviously it's not a the a only cause of the eventual crash but i think the fact that this kind of gimmick was necessary to get all these sales and the fact that it was so successful it told comic book people th- it it told them the wrong thing and they've not learned it 20 years mm-hmm. later still there's still this and it's i think you can tr- like you can look at death of superman and all of the marvel stuff that happened last year same this is the same lesson no one's learned it 20 years later, 25 years later. If you're not telling a good story, eventually you're going to crash. And I don't know. The gimmicks, gimmicks, gimmicks. It's all gimmicks. I think this is a very good, like, hey, if you're going to kill Superman, I think this is, I, I don't know if it's as good as it can be, but it's still very, it's very solid. And like you said, they really nail the gravitas and drama of his death. How, okay, Eric, I have a question. I love your questions. Doomsday. You didn't even say it like a question. You didn't even like Doomsday? Okay, I'll rephrase the question. Doomsday? <laughs> That's still more statement than question. I, think- I have never really had too strong an opinion about Doomsday. And... He is a reviled character. Um, I I never got it. You know, I never got the hate. I mean, I think anything that you're going to say negative about him, sure. I'm sure <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, I'm sure it's true that, like, it's just this weird thing out of nowhere that's not connected to anything. It's like a fucking deus ex machina. Sure. But, like... I don't know. I I never had much of a problem with it. If if he had been fighting some Kirby-esque Fin Fang Foom monster and that had killed him, would that really have been any better or worse? 
what what is what is the, what is the common criticism of Doomsday? Is he's not a he's not a character. Yeah, no, he's that's exactly it. He's nothing. He is a, he's like, he is like it might as well just be a hurricane that killed Superman. Exactly, which is fine, but. I think ultimately that's all it is. It's just fine. And like, if you're going to kill Superman, why not make it a meaningful, like Doomsday still shows up, but he's always just this big, dumb rock monster. Right. And Hey, you're going to make a character out of nowhere that can kill Mm -hmm. Superman. Like it's not the out of nowhere that bothers me. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that there's no hint at anything that what Doomsday actually is. There's no, and they don't build it up. There's no, it's just a, he's in a green suit and then, yeah. uh, and then he's a thing. He's a guy with a rock, bone, and bone hands. I, I mean, I, I get that, but he's a, he's a kaiju. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to think about it. This isn't like, I mean, I think a lot versus about kaiju. General Zod. I know, well, of course, this isn't, this isn't General Zod. I don't think you're supposed to feel nuance for the villain and i think it's fine like i don't think about mothra you don't think about mothra i don't think about mothra too much we're very different people i guess this is you know do you have erotic fanfic about the mothman i mean i okay mothman and mothra are way different things one is a kaiju and one is a cousins one is a kaiju and one is a cryptid all right i do not want you to compare them they're very my my friend i'm sorry they are they are definitely related king kong and bigfoot are also not related (laughs) this podcast is over (laughs) (laughs) they're different they're they're, they exist in different worlds i i I think i you're Go ahead. I think a lot about kaiju and their origins, and like Godzilla and all of those guys. When you, th- they actually do have really good, like mm-hmm. every single one has like they have things connected to them about the dangers of you know, uh, nuclear war and and atomic weapons, like and and pollution and environmentalism. Mm-hmm. There's like a bunch of layers there. Doomsday, like it seemed. It's not really in these comics because Doomsday just shows up, gets beat up, Doomsday, and then thrown Doomsday into space. Doomsday has his origins. Doomsday has his origins in bad '90s comics. He does indeed. There you go. That this is a grim, dark warning. <laughs> Don't make to not write your comics that way. Well, I mean, do you do you know the actual origin of Doomsday, Eric? I actually don't know. You want me to tell you? Please do. This is my understanding of it. This may be mm-hmm. incorrect in smaller details, but I think I have the the grander brushstrokes. I have them. Super. Uh, so so Doomsday is a gene- genetic experiment to make the perfect weapon, man, weapon, the guy. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they they just they took a young version of a baby version of Doomsday and they just attacked it a lot. And killed mm-hmm. it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again for for a very long time, and he eventually evolved into the unstoppable killing machine that is Doomsday. Except he is stopped. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But that's it. He's just a gun. He's a war toy. He's an elephant man. He is an elephant man. And hey, elephant man, an elephant man has a lot. You could do that with Doomsday. There's nothing saying you can't make Doomsday an actual character. And make him this like weapon of war that he is he's lost his control or eventually he has an intelligence or something. He's just a big gun that that gets shot at Superman until he, Superman kills it and he dies too. Or 
put into like a death coma that the sun recharges him long enough. Eric, could you explain to me how Superman comes back to life? No. (laughs) I don't think anyone, I think the people that wrote this book, I think they failed to explain it. I just, he's just like rode around in like an egg and then he was in a robot and then he had a mullet. That was the series of events there. That, that mullet will, is stronger than death. That I think is the explanation. Okay. I, I believe it was somewhere along the lines of he did die sort of, but he had managed to prolong his death because he absorbed sun as he, he absorbed the sun as he was dying. And then they shot a bunch of that electricity into him with the super, the super (laughs) jump pads. They gave him some super electricity that helped keep him in a kind of coma. And then his, when his body went into that egg, uh, he was recharging and his soul got turned away from hell because Clark Kent and Pa Kent were teamed up mm-hmm. in the afterlife in the afterlife to keep him from going to from to the two the hell monsters that were there you see you're, you're already thinking about it way too much and then the kryptonian died and gave him <laughs> more you sound ed- like ralph wiggum telling a story <laughs> <laughs> it's no better than this comic book oh no i i agree with you this is why, like, I didn't even want to think about it. I'm like, all right, he's back now. It, it was, it was, ninety nine percent hand waving. Yeah, and they really wanted to make sure that, like, oh, he could definitely die. It's certainly possible. It, yeah, th- he didn't die this time, but it totally could happen again. Like, I would have just said, no, he's basically, un- it's basically impossible for him to die. Mm-hmm. But. They went, no, he could totally die next time, next month, when he fights uh, Redbeard Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. Abe, Abe Luthor, he's definitely going to lose, and he could die totally. I'm like, okay, I got it, guys. I don't, he, you, you really, you told a, like, month-long story about Superman coming back from the dead. I don't, I'm not going to, why did, Eric, why the guns? It is insane to me. We've that is, already established this was the 90s. I know, but it just seems so crazy to me that you have this triumphant return. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they do once he's in that big war world ship thing mm-hmm. is give him a giant guns and let him shoot stuff. But then they go... Oh, at least my x-ray vision is working, so I cannot mortally murder... I can't murder actual aliens. I only murder the robots. I only shoot and maybe paralyze the aliens. It's such... It's a weird tonal thing where they're like, yeah, give him guns, but he doesn't kill anybody still. I'm like, why give him guns at all then? Just let him punch people. He's Superman! He's got every power, and you give him guns? I think it has everything to do with trying to make it palatable for the dumb teenagers that are 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 buying um, fucking Wildstorm comics or whatever in the shit. I can't cotton to it. Hey, that's fine. Don't want. I think to... we have the we have the we have the benefit of you know twenty five something years of hindsight here. 
to where like this stuff really kind of wasn't that good an idea. And we've had some good comics since then. We have had some good comics since then. Like I, th- I think there definitely was something about that, that early, that earlier era of just simplistic, more simplistic storytelling to where, I mean, can you really apply all of the rigor of the storytelling that we expect out of a book? Could you, could you go back and do that to like a Jack Kirby era, fantastic four? Are you really going to be like, is there stuff appearing out of nowhere? I mean, Fantastic Four holds up pretty well. X-Men does not. Fair. Fantastic Four is the best Kirby Lee book by far. So I picked the I picked the wrong one. You did, but the X Men. If you said X Men, I would agree with you. The X, yeah. Their X Men book was not. It was not that's, very good. That's what I was reaching for. I just, uh, in my ignorance, I have I have read a minimal amount of books of that era, but I I would I would say that they're. I think we demand a lot uh, from comics now. We because are starting to treat them like actual literature. And like stories that connect and make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you like have, you know, beats, story beats that line mm-hmm. up and you have a, a, a theme and a tone that you try and hit at every single one and make it make sense. Or you try and write something. Mm-hmm. That's, I believe, opposed, the, the very yeah. basic level of writing. Yes. Instead um, of just filling I, in dialogue I, bu- 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 bubbles after. No, that, I mean, that's, this is still like the 90s were like basically. It was all driven by artists and teenage hormones. I was about so, to say that uh, there is a promotional picture of all four of the Supermen, and the Superboy uh, picture has him carrying uh, some blonde girl with her ass just yeah. pointed directly at the camera. Oh yeah, and I, I, I still have fondness for that. I think that's a. I've always liked that that pose and I that pin up like it I remember it looking back at it. I was like, oh this. But yeah, it's it's not what I would call good. He was pretty shameless about that. Did we already throw in there all of his casual sexual assaults? There are other people just casually like just groping women. It is crazy just to see that in a book. I don't know. Society has kind of changed a lot. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. That's twenty-five yeah. years. They do mention uh, the well, the one that stood out to me was the newsman mm-hmm. groping the woman, and she's like, "It's the '90s. I can sue you." And does nothing, and he's yes. just like, "I'm okay. It's okay because I'm your boss. You know, I'm not serious. It's just playing." Yeah, no, like, exactly. Uh, that was that was that them saying it's the '90s. I can sue you was them them pretending to be woke '90s style. <laughs> yeah progressive for the 1993 it's, yeah like like saying you shouldn't grope women's butts while she's like posed sexually in a panel for your viewing pleasure um it's it's special no that one stood out to me and like superboy just like walking up to women and kissing them i mean he's an attractive young man eric they like it uh Women do like being kissed, but only if they want it. I think, like, I don't think anyone just wants to lock lips with a stranger. What if it's Superboy, though? I think, I, th- I, I think, uh, 
I think Justin Bieber could walk down the street and kiss someone on the mouth and would still probably be punched in the face by, a, you know, know, about two thirds of the people. Probably. You know, it's you it's, could... it's, a, it's just another layer of, oh, right. We haven't. Yeah. We've, this is where we've come. Yeah. This is where we yeah. are. We're, it's better. Mm-hmm. It's better. It's better. This comic book is better than I remember it. Like I said, I think there's a lot of very good comics in this collection. And there's a lot of ones that are not very good. It's true. I think that's that's where it's at. I think we'll eventually get through all of the DC deaths of the mm-hmm. 90s. We'll, we'll work our way through all of them. Deaths or, or maiming or... You know. Yeah. I think that... I, I wonder, I would imagine that Nightfall has not held up well. I think Azrael's, Azrael's ridiculous. I think it in many, is many, many ways much is like this. I think it's better than this oh, because yeah. Bane is an actual character. Bane is a character and Doomsday is just an animal. So that, that I remember is, but I've read Nightfall relatively recently. And I, Fair. and I think it's, I think it's better than this, but I don't, I don't know for sure. We'll read it eventually. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to bring up we didn't talk about? Not really. It was fun. That's what I'll it say. It was. I'm I'm glad that we uh we went over it. I think that's it was my... it was worth it was worth our time. That was my final word. It's like it's fun. It's you know, it's silly nineties, yeah. but it has good and it has bad, but you know, it's you know, trip trip back in nostalgia land. Yep. Um that was Death Return of Superman by many, many, many people. Not gonna By everyone that ever worked at DC. Yeah, all the people on, on staff at DC at the time. Uh, next time, we'll be discussing Monstrous. Monstrous by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda has won multiple Eisners now. I will be reading volumes one through three. We were both pretty critical of it early on when we read uh, an issue or two i don't remember how many we read but we're gonna check it out and see how we feel maybe we'll have after reading more of it we'll like it more or maybe we'll still not like it a lot and be a little bit angry who knows i wonder why things get eisners when we, we don't like them how dare they uh, why didn't they consult us i wish they would it would make me feel important mm-hmm. uh, that's next time uh monstrous that's monstrous volumes one through three they'll do it for us today we are the handsome boys comics hour Find everything we do on handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at hbcr. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. If you like the show, give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Tell your friends. It helps. All those things. They contribute to more listeners, and we appreciate them. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and most of the other things I get up to by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight. With that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. <laughs>